Hi, and welcome to the Kelowna Girl Tries Podcast. I'm Barb, and this is episode 111, Sunday, January 15th, 2012. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, and welcome back, everybody. And if you are brand new to the show, welcome. Uh, I'm Barb, and this is the first show of 2012. Hey, pretty cool. Um, you know what? I think if I should have really should have done a show a couple of weeks ago because it is my third anniversary of the Kelowna Girl Tries podcast. Yep, started in 2009. I think it was January 3rd or something like that. And uh, so... Let's see, 2009, 2010, 2011. Yeah, I've done three three years of shows now. Can't believe it's been that long. Holy cow. I really would have expected to uh, have bailed after the first year. I guess you probably noticed they're getting a little less frequent. Uh, I have a lot of other things on the go right now with work and school and life. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to sneak a show in every once in a while when I can. So today I am going to talk a little bit about my training as usual, a bit about my goals for the year. I have some mail to share with you. I'm going to talk about my diet plans and a couple of other tids, tidbits to uh, talk about. So let's just jump right in. Uh, last time I had a program, I think it was uh, December 29th, and I was just recovering from my calf strain, and I'd had the flu, and I was just trying to get my stamina back up for running. And that week, um, right after, I think the next day, I ran for 45 minutes uh, outside, and then on the New Year's Eve, I did a 60-minute run on the treadmill. It was kind of cold, and the, it's been icy on the roads that week, so... I decided to try the treadmill. Well, I can safely say I've now found my tolerance level for treadmill running, and that would be about 30 minutes because that was the longest I've ever done, and once I got over the 30-minute mark, I was watching a TV show that was kind of interesting, but I just, oh my God, it was just like a mental challenge just to try and get through that. So I'm going to be okay to do maybe some runs on the treadmill, but if I have to do any more runs indoors because of ice, then I think I might go to the indoor track. We have an indoor track and it's very boring. I don't even think, it's not even 400 meters around, it's less than 400 meters I think, I'm not sure. But uh, I think it'd be better than doing a treadmill. So I'm going to give that a try, it's only two bucks to try it. But all of January, we've had amazingly warm weather. It's been almost spring-like. The bit of snow that we had around Christmas was melted. It's been in the, oh, anywhere from between 5 and 10 degrees. I think it got up to 9 one day. That was the hottest it got. Uh, Celsius, which is, I don't know, high 40s, mid 40s. And considering it's usually never gets above freezing in the wintertime in January, uh, that was very, very warm. So... It was quite nice to be running outside, and unfortunately, one day we had just a bit of snow overnight, like half an inch of snow, but it, when you got up in the morning, it turned into solid ice, and so all the roads and everything were covered where I would run, were covered with this quite icy bit, and it was, even though the weather was nice for running, it just ended up being a little bit difficult. I think I'll talk a little bit about uh, winter running today, too, then. So I got very excited when it became the new year because I love those changes of season where I feel like I can start all over and 
um, get back on track. I know some people really don't buy into the whole New Year's resolution thing, but I definitely do. And in fact, I'm, I, so much that I actually will make little mini resolutions throughout the year, usually whenever there's a change like spring break, summer, and fall. Those are the times when I make all my mini goals. But uh, I've been blogging quite a bit, so if you haven't been over to the blog, check it out at uh, colonagirl.com. And I'm just going to run down because I was, I guess it was on Facebook one day, and I noticed that last year's um, um, Nigel from the Running from the Reaper Running from the Reaper podcast had done a 10 and 10 challenge last year and uh, he wanted to lose 10 pounds in 10 weeks I think and then Adam coach Adam decided to pick up and uh, follow up with that this year so I thought yeah what the heck I like as many different kinds of motivational tools as I can get and when I blog about it and I, I join challenges and things it just gives me that little extra motivation so my goal is to lose real really just seven pounds um, and uh, it's just that, see, last year I tried to not, not diet, meaning I count calories. I tried not to count calories. I just tried to eat healthfully, and I still found I gain a pound a month kind of on average. And if I continue on that, you know, a couple of years from now, I'll be 40 pounds overweight, and it's just not going to work for me, so I have to count calories. Uh, somebody kind of slammed me on my blog this week. Um, suggesting that I was obsessed about dieting, but I don't. I think it's just because when you look at my blog, and that's maybe all you hear for a few weeks, because that's the only aspect of my life I'm talking about. Maybe it looks a little obsessive, but honestly, it's just my focus right now. So uh, I had uh, I joined the challenge, and on I my for me personally, my challenge began on January third, the day I went back to work, and the real challenge. It's um, on Facebook. So if you look in 10 in 10, like the number 10, 10 in 10 2012 challenge, I think it is Facebook page. Uh, and everybody is also on the challenge on Buckeye Outdoors. I haven't been to Buckeye Outdoors for since it crashed a year more, more than a year ago. So I made up a new account and that's where I'm logging my weight changes just because that's part of the challenge. So I'll, I'll do it for now and I'll, I'll even put some of my workouts there if I think of it. And uh, if you want to banter and stuff, it's on the Facebook page. So kind of fun. This works for me. If it works for you, feel free to join anytime. Supposedly started on the 9th. Of course, like I said, I started a week earlier. And at that point, it was 120, I think it was 128 pounds. So in the first week, by the time I started it, I was down to 127. So it's working for me. I'm trying not to cut my calories back too far because I've bumped up my training now. And so... Uh, for me, if I was just sedentary, I would need to lose one pound a week. I would have to eat about 1,200 to 1,300 calories um, a day. And to me, that's like, oh my God, I need twice that. But anyways, so I am really trying to keep my calorie range in around 1,600. Uh, I've tried lower than that. And I've tried, if I go higher than that, I just gain weight actually. So um, I think with all the workout and stuff, I think that should be kind of a nice, steady, slow, um, slow weight loss is what I'm going for. Now, I've done a ton of reading lately, and I have decided to, that I'm going to try bumping up my protein a little bit and cutting back on the bad carbs. And I think I might have mentioned that before. And uh, because I am eating meat, but I'm going to eat uh, trying to eat you know grass fed beef right now and uh, more organic meats 
um, and ethically raised meats. We're looking into some sources uh, locally and just trying to learn a little bit more about that. And I'm going to talk about that on another show. So I'll just mention that I am kind of leaning that way. And the carbs I'm eating are all fruit and vegetables and some whole grains, not lots. Uh, When I have rice or something like that, I'll have just a small amount, like maybe a quarter cup or something. But I'm getting more of my calories from protein and uh, good carbs and good fats. So I'm not really cutting back on the fats. If anything, I've raised the fats, but I'm trying not to eat butter too much. I'm eating avocados, nuts, and uh, olive oils, good oils, things like that. And I kind of got myself into a pattern of having a healthy smoothie every morning. And I put a shot of um, protein powder in there too, which I find is helping up my protein in the morning and keeps me from getting too hungry. And I'm also making a high protein snack right after school. That's my other hard challenging time. So one week I boiled a bunch of eggs and I ate a hard boiled egg and had an apple every day after school. Uh, Sometimes I have peanut butter. Um, other times I have cottage cheese because I love cottage cheese. And I have a pretty healthy lunch every day, so it's just the dinners. One of the things I found that has worked for me is for the last two weeks is on Sunday afternoon, I plan out my my uh, menu for the week for what I'm cooking for dinner and go and do all my shopping. And then I I still have to cook for, my, for the boys, my husband and my son, but I try to make things that I can adapt for myself just in a little bit more a little lower fat way or lower calorie way so I might not put sauce or something on my food but Eric and Jesse both need calories they're they're both pretty slim and Jesse's growing and eating us out of house and home right now as he's 14 and Eric is Eric's pretty thin anyways slim so um, they don't need to be eating too carefully (laughs) lucky boys that they are but it's working for me. I'm finding that I'm feeling pretty good and I'm working hard and being organized is really making a big difference for me. And so, so far I've lost about a pound and a half. Last night I went out for dinner at a friend's house and uh, that was a bit of a challenge, but I tried not to eat too much that day. Uh, during the day, didn't eat, overeat during the day to, with snacks and stuff. And so I was able to go and I ate everything that there was to be offered for dinner and I'm sure that set me back a little bit but it was very enjoyable and I had fun and uh, I'm not drinking any wine or anything during the week at all just have a couple couple glasses on the weekend that's about all I've had the other thing I found has been kind of helping me a little bit um, is because I, since I've been on Pinterest if you're on Pinterest you can find me on there but since I've been on Pinterest I've been noticing a lot of like little motivational quotes that help me get motivated for training or for doing my uh, eating healthfully and making good choices and so I have a lot of those so sometimes in the morning I'll just get up in the morning and I'll read them all or I'll print off one and stick it to the fridge or something and then when I I'm really hungry and I'm making dinner and I'm standing at the kitchen cupboard opening up the pantry to get something out to make for supper and I see a box of cookies or crackers there and I'm starving and I just start chanting one of those little quotes in my head and trying to make, give myself, maintain the uh, the self-discipline not to eat crap just because I'm hungry. So I put some of my favorite ones on my blog this morning so if you want to check them out. And if you follow on me on Pinterest you can see lots of them. One of my favorites is nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. And I love that quote 
but by pro- I have a bit of a problem with the word skinny because skinny has the wrong connotation. If I can find it written out in a little bit better, I would change it to nothing tastes as good as fit feels because uh, my goal is not to be skinny, but it is to be fit. Well, uh, so that's, I've mentioned that, I mentioned that. What else did I want to tell you about eating? Okay, so let's talk talk about training. That's the diet part. So far, I've had three solid weeks maybe four where I've run three times a week and it's I've been really happy with my runs Um, I finally starting to get feeling good that uh, it's not feeling like I'm slogging along anymore so I kind of have my run fitness back I uh, run usually after school on Tuesdays and Thursdays I've done a couple of those runs have been hilly and then this week the temperature dropped um, yesterday and it was a bit chilly I went out I didn't know if I should run today or yesterday or today, and I was toying around with it. And the forecast said flurries yesterday, and then it's supposed to snow all week and get colder. Today was supposed to be quite a bit colder, so I decided uh, I'm going to run Saturday instead of Sunday. And by the time I got down to where I was going to run on the flats, it started to flurry. And then about 15 minutes into my run, it started to just absolute blizzard it was a big squall that came across the lake and the wind was blowing sideways so hard and and it was kind of cold not super cold but you know just the snow hit me in the face really hard and pretty soon you know the ground was slippery and (laughs) oh yeah it was very epic so I ran my goal was to run 30 minutes out 30 minutes back and then I was going to go the other direction 10 or 15 minutes out and back just depending on how I felt because I was going to try and do an hour and 20 or an hour and 30 well by the time I got back to the car it would have been one hour and I thought no way am I running anymore because it was my footing was bad and the sideways wind off the lake was brutal so I bundled up into the car and I, I had snow all over me like it was because it was coming sideways it was sticking to me all the way down my side. <laughs> it was kind of funny, actually. And uh, I went, I, as soon as I drove, started driving home, I drove about, I don't know, two miles maybe, and there was no snow at all. Like So right within the same city, I just happened to be downtown where this squall came across, I guess. And then this morning I woke up, and it, although it was supposed to be snowing today, it was just clear blue skies and sunny and beautiful and I was thinking man was I wishing I could have gone for a run today instead of yesterday sucked but I dragged my butt down to the gym this morning and I swam yeah I went for a swim and I did just kind of made up some sets and I did uh, about 1800 meters and just a little under an hour I think and then I went into the gym and I did my strength workout so I don't know if I mentioned or not I've really struggled with my strength Fitting in strength workouts, um, particularly with the physio exercises I'm supposed to be doing f- to strengthen my glute med, and I just find that uh, they it hurts the next day, and like I'm quite sore for a couple of days, and then that impacts my weekday runs, which are already a little challenging just because I've been on my feet all day. So I've kind of ended up only going to the gym and doing a serious workout uh, on weekend, and that's it. But I feel like I need more than one strength workout to be really consistent. And so this last week on Wednesday after school, I went to the gym and I just did all the upper body. I did some of the lower body, but I cut back the weight just a bit. And I didn't do the physio stuff like the walking lunges and the step ups, which those are the things I find that hurt my glutes. And that worked out well. So my Thursday run didn't feel as painful. 
So I'm going to do one solid workout on the weekends and I'm going to do one or maybe even two upper body workouts uh, and just cutting back on the lower body ones until I develop enough strength in my hips to be able to take on um, you know a bit greater weight and a little bit more workout. But that being said, I'm just looking at my chart here. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've been to the gym at least 10 times now and in every single machine of these machines, I've gone up at least one set of weights or two. So they all start off at 25. I didn't start on 25 on all of them. Some of them I started more. But they all start at either 25 or 40 pounds. And so I'm up either to either 40 or 60 or 70 pounds or 85 pounds on the the two-leg press uh, for all of them. So I'm showing some improvement. And some of my upper body, I'm really starting to feel a bit stronger. So... It's, um, you know, once you get into that pattern, you know, like I was saying for the beginners, it's getting into the habit and getting the pattern and, and setting yourself up for success, I find really, really helps. So now I'm seeing some some uh, improvements and it makes me want to continue, right? Uh, I have the bike set up in the triathlon room, formerly known as the guest room. And we have... Uh, the TV setup now so that I can access our um, PVR and all the various shows so I can record shows that I want to watch and watch them while I'm on the PVR or while I'm on the bike or I can also stick in a DVD because I've got Sufferfest and a few of those so because I'm just getting back on the bike after a quite a long absence I started off with just doing 45 minutes of spinning and I've done that about three or four times uh, I think the only time, the only day I bailed on my workout was last Monday, but uh, the rest of them I've been biking Monday and Wednesday, and running Tuesday and Thursday, gym on Wednesday, and then on the weekend I do either some kind of cardio one day, and weights one day, and a long run on the weekend too, and so Fridays are usually off, although sometimes I think about spitting, mostly I just think about it, I don't actually do it, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm feeling pretty happy about it. And I know that uh, it's been a while since I've done, you know, steady six days a week training. So I'm trying to be smart and not going real hard at the beginning. I'm just doing aerobic, building that base, getting it back in t- and really focuses on the run. Everything else is just cross training for now. So I'm pretty happy about that. And I, I think uh, I'm going to continue to feel some success. Now... What else did I have? My race plans. I was going to talk a little bit about race plans. And that's going to be a quick, a very short, brief talk because I really don't have a lot of race plans for the season for 2012. I haven't registered for anything. But, of course, if you've been listening to me for very long, you know I'm kind of a last-minute register person anyway. I my Obviously, my big goal right now is um, a full marathon in May. I have three to choose from. First weekend of May is the BMO Vancouver Marathon, which would be a full-sized, cool, um, big big marathon. And that would be fun to do. But it's got a lot of hills. It's rolling. It's got a couple of steep hills. And I just find that that might just be too uh, mentally challenging for me and not to mention physically challenging. Uh, so I'm kind of, I've, you know, it's got some pluses. It's got some minuses. And the the following weekend is Carlos's um, 
It's called the Elk Lake. It's actually an Elk Lake Ultra, and it's got a 50K and I think a 50 miler and I don't know what else. Anyways, you've got a first timers marathon and it's basically four laps plus a little bit extra and it's a full marathon and it's on elk around elk lake, which is about a 10 K loop. And, uh, it's, you know, nice ground to be running on and it's fairly flat or mostly flat. And it might be a really, really good choice for me. Very low key, you know, much smaller race than Vancouver. And then the Last week of May, there's one in the in, in the lower, not in the lower mainland, in the Fraser Valley, of Van, just outside of Vancouver, and it's called the Run for Water, and so it's a fundraiser type, and it's in Abbotsford, and it's mostly flat except for the very, I think, I think is go uphill at the very end, which uh, sounds like it would be very demoralizing, but um, anyways, it's another possibility, and I'm sort of training towards any one of those, and I, I'll keep my eyes open when uh, registration starts to fill up on any of them, and then I might have to make a decision. Kind of holding back till I've run 30k, though, or, well, like 20, maybe if I do 25k run, then I might start feeling like I know whether I can really do it. Um, I read an interesting blog, or uh, article, actually, I think it was a in the newspaper or something that uh, Aaron Lee had um, posted on her Facebook page and it talked about the, the mental aspects of running a marathon, which I know we all know quite well and how important it is, I mean. And it said on there that if you don't believe you can do it, you probably won't be able to do it. And that scared the crap out of me because I'm just so uncertain. Um, I know I can finish one if I'm sure of, I'm sure I can finish a marathon even if I had to walk a whole bunch. But my, of course, you know, can I really run an entire marathon or do mostly running and just a little bit of walking? Um, that's what I would like to be able to do under five hours or barely just make five hours. That's what would be my goal. Uh, I'm going to have to skip, take a pass on the Oliver Half Ironman because it is the first week of June and that's just too tight to try and be ready for a half iron, um, you know, a few weeks after a marathon. Uh, But the middle of June, I think June 17th, two or three weeks later, the Oliver Sprint has been moved to there, and they've got a sprint and Olympic distance. So I'm very likely going to do a race that weekend. Eric is kind of hoping to do the Oliver Sprint that weekend. So I'll either do the sprint or maybe my very first Olympic. Who knows? I've never done an Olympic. And then later on in the year, the Apple, for sure I'm going to do that. I'll either do the Sprint or the Olympic. Um, That's the end of August. And I don't have any other big race plans, but I'm really hoping to do at least another half marathon this year. My guess is maybe in the fall we'll either do Victoria or we'll do uh, the Okanagan. But um, there might be some smaller races I'll throw in there whenever I seem to have a moment or time. But nothing really, I'm not going to do anything before the um, marathon. That's my goal right now, and that's all I'm going to focus on. Well, let's see, what else? Race plans? Oh, winter running. Yeah, so I was going to talk a bit about winter running and just, uh, you know, the challenges of it. I have all the gear, and I'm pretty well organized and ready to run when it's cold out. I don't mind running anywhere down to, I think I've run in minus 12, maybe a little bit colder, minus 12 Celsius, but I've never really, oh, just, I was just going to look and see what the temperature converts to for all you Americans. 
minus 12. Minus 12 is 10 degrees Fahrenheit. So, yeah, so I've run in about, the, I think the cold I've run is 10, about 10 Fahrenheit. And I have all, enough gear, I have enough layers, and just put it on, and it's mostly have to cover up my mouth a bit and keep my cheeks from freezing. But I've never run a really long run. I think the longest I've run is 45 minutes. The biggest problem for me is is the uh, footing. And that's when there's snow and ice on the ground. And snow itself isn't so bad, but um, it melts very quickly, like even just from the cars run on the road, or it's been plowed and it's very slick. And it's uh, it's the slipperiness that's a real problem. I have worn yak tracks, but I find for the most part the yak tracks have to the snow has to be pretty deep uh, for me to not feel a, get pain in the bottom of my foot from wearing yak tracks. So um, yeah, I haven't quite figured that one out yet. So I'm kind of to- toying the idea with doing a little bit of inside work, a little bit of track inside track or treadmill and then running outside as long as I can find a place that has a cleared pathway that's preferably um, clean pavement and no ice. So I'm hoping. But if you have all the gear, you know, and I what I've been doing is I write down on Daily Mile, I write down what I wore and I write down the temperature. So I start with um, on most days when it's hovering around zero or colder, I'll have a long sleeve tech shirt and then I wear my mid-zero jersey, which is a very warm bike jersey, actually, long-sleeved. And it has a zipper up the front. It's nice for skiing, too. And then I put my Versa jacket on. And it has bolero sleeves that I can just pull off and pop in my back pocket. And I wear my win- my tights. And then I'll have a... Usually I wear a ball cap because I want to keep any rain or snow or stuff coming from hitting my face now that I don't wear glasses anymore. And I put a headband over top just to keep my ears warm. When it starts getting colder than that, uh, sometimes I'll put... I have a down vest I'll put on underneath my jacket. Or I might even wear like one of my winter coats, like, you know, my parka type thing. I put track pants over top of my tights if I need extra warmth. Um, I also have two two weights of tights. I have uh, regular tights, and then I have some, I think they're called Sub-Zero uh, Zap tights. Anyways, they're Zap tights from uh, Segoy, and they are quite warm. So I wear those when it's the very coldest, and I'll put track pants over top of them if I'm colder. And then I wear gloves. I hardly ever wear gloves, but if it's below zero... Let's see, if it's about minus three or colder, I'll wear gloves. Um, But if I do, I would say, a lot of times I'll only wear gloves for about 10, 15 minutes, and then my hands get too hot and I just take them off. And if it's quite cold out, like maybe minus eight, minus nine, then I'll maybe put them back on at some point, depending on how long I'm running. And yeah, they're usually just lightweight little ones, but when it starts to get down to minus 10, then I find I need to have my, my really warm mittens on. And I prefer mittens over gloves because my fingers need to be together to stay warm. And uh, I have had a hard time finding really nice mittens that are warm enough. They kind of, they just seem to always make gloves for adults, not mitts, that are not too big and bulky. So, eh, winter running, yeah. If you get the gear and you're ready, uh, it's sometimes a good idea to wear trail shoes instead of regular running shoes. I find my Newtons, as much as I love them, they're really not very good in the snow and ice. 
they slip quite easily. They don't have great traction. So sometimes I wear a different pair of uh, running shoes that are just have a little bit more traction. And yeah, get ready. So let's see, I got a little bit of mail. So maybe I'll just pop into the Kelowna Girl mailbox here. And just check it out, which is one more link away. All right. So first of all, we got an email from Keith in uh, Georgetown, Texas, near Austin. It says, he says, I listen to every podcast you guys produce. Knowing I have a new podcast, I have quite a number to search for every evening, is what helps get this 75-year-old body out of bed at 5 a.m. to run. Like, I'm so impressed with that. Uh, he's run 1,500 miles in 2011. Isn't that amazing? Um, and he asked about the song at the end of the show, and I probably should be always telling you guys what it is. And the song is called, um, <laughs> what is it called? I can't remember. Here here and Now, I think. Oh, God, now i got to go check. I forgot to say. Anyways, it's by a Canadian band called Great Big C. And... Oh, I looked in the wrong thing. I'm terrible. I should have been organized. Sorry. Anyways, it's a Canadian band called Great Big C. And I want to spell that for you because it's great, big, and then C is in the ocean, S-E-A. Because somebody had asked me that once before. Hmm. can't find it. I know I replied to him, but I can't find it. Anyways, you all know the song. This is here, this is now. Yeah. And sorry, that was very disjointed. I'll try to get back and do better. New KGT. Then uh, I got a nice, nice email and a bit of a race report from Andy. Andy just started following me on Facebook and on Twitter. And he's a local boy, which is always so cool. Local as in he's, a, he's in British Columbia. He lives in Elkford, which is pretty close to the Alberta border. Really um, the southernmost, um, the southeastern corner of, um, of British Columbia. Anyways, he says, first of all, thanks for your fantastic podcast. It was the first one about triathlon I subscribed to when I was trying to research the sport in order to get involved. Your podcast is inspiring, educational, and entertaining. Oh, thank you so much. Now, before I get into some race reports, I'd like you to give, give you a quick background about me. I played professional hockey until I was 26, and I decided the dream was over, and it was time to get a real job and, play, and start my life. I played mostly in the minors, he said. I got a job at the coal mine, working for almost a decade, and in that time, I met my wife, bought a house, and started raising a family. Although I'm an active outdoors person, I found that I was gaining weight and I needed to get it under control. When I played hockey, I was 225 pounds, fit and trim. And he is a big guy. Uh, I saw a picture. Since retiring, my weight crept up to 278 pounds and my blood pressure was also following the same trend. I wasn't the same person anymore. I knew I needed something challenging to test me like hockey, like hockey did in regards to fitness and competitiveness. So I googled and YouTubed until I found triathlon. I immediately knew that that was going to be the sport to kick my behind into a healthy lifestyle and training regimen. So I started searching out podcasts. 
Kelowna girl being the first of all. Online articles and videos, anything that I could find to immerse myself into the sport and learn how to do this Ironman business. I have to admit, I was humbled when I signed up at the pool here in my hometown of Sparwood, um, BC, and realized that I could swim, but not really. Not in any matter that would aid me in competing in a tri- any kind of triathlon. I asked the lifeguards for help, and they were gracious, patient, and kind enough to share their knowledge with me. My wife also used to lifeguard and is a great swimmer. She literally went into the pool with me and taught me the proper stroke to use. I'm lucky to have such a person in my life who's so supportive, kind, and knowledgeable. And so, in the first week of January 2011, so exactly a year ago, I guess, eh? I began my triathlon training. I literally started it by swimming 15 minutes, drying off, riding the stationary bike for 15 minutes, and then running for 15 minutes. I knew zip about how to train for triathlon, but I did know how to train for hockey in regards to cardio and fat loss, so these workouts eventually became one-hour swims, one-hour bikes, and one-hour runs, with a total loss of over 40 pounds in three months. Those times worked up to two to three hours each, respectively. And I'm thinking, uh, when I got to this point in reading his letter, I was thinking, oh my God, can you imagine doing a three-hour swim, a three-hour bike, and a three-hour run? Yeah, you're ready for Iron Man, I think. (laughs) Back to uh, hit the letter, sorry. Because of my muscle mass, I couldn't really hit the weights, so I was strictly in cardio mode. Keep in mind, this entire time, I was learning through podcasts like yours and website and YouTube. I was feeling... Great, spring was closing in, and so it was time to sign up for some triathlons. Everyone I talked to or had uh, to who had or currently compete in tri- who had or currently compete in tries recommended starting with sprints. So I found two local ones in Elkford, BC and Wassa Lake near Cranbrook, but I didn't have a bike. So you've been doing all your training in the gym at this point, right? Yeah, okay. I was fortunate to have a friend who has a road bike and was gracious enough to allow me to use it. So I paid my fees and committed to racing. And after all that, here's my race report. Both sprint races were 750 meter swim, 20k bike, and a 5k run distance. And those are pretty um, standard distances for triathlons in British Columbia. Although a lot of places I hear in the States and other places, they'll have uh, their swim are maybe half that distance. All right, so here's his race reports. My first race, my first ever, was in Elkford, B.C. It was a beautiful day in June with a slight breeze and clear skies surrounded by the awesome Rocky Mountains. I arrived early to get my race bag, set up transition, and wait. Fast forward to the swim. There were two heats for the sprint, four swimmers per lane. The other three swimmers in my lane were about 5'8", 140 pounds, and maybe in their early 20s. I stand six foot two, 230 pounds, and I'm in my late 30s. To say I was a bit dismayed is an understatement. So my heat eventually started. I get out of the pool with a PB. In training, my PB was 17 minutes, and his PB was in the race was 16.31, and headed to the bike. That's, I think, almost like to the second of my uh, swim time on my first race, too, I think. Um, where am I? My transition was excellent, but big trouble. 
and I really don't know when this happened because the night before and the day of the race, I checked everything over twice, but the cinches on my shoes were closed tight. I couldn't get my feet in, and I had trouble opening them. I lost maybe 10 minutes. I'm suspicious as how to how this happened, but I'll reserve my comments. I wonder if somebody was involved, eh? <laughs> anyway, I get on my bike and cut loose. I had a good ride. It was fairly quick for me, and my T2 went smooth and fast. My time for the 20K ride was 46.43. I ran the out-and-back 5K run in 28.59 for a pace of 5.23. All in all, I can honestly say that I was hooked on triathlon from that June day. I finished with a total time of 1.30.45 and placed 24 out of 35 in the overall sprint. Excellent job. I can't believe how close your times are to all my times. All right. Um, my second race. My second race happened the very next weekend. Good for you. The Wassa Triathlon is extremely well organized for its size and it's a cash race which brings in pros and competitors from all over western canada it's an open water swim which i never attempted before and it had a pretty much flat run and bike course once again being that it's beautiful bc the scenery was spectacular the, i set up my transition and this time i take great care to make sure that the clip in my shoes are fully open for easy access I put on my borrowed wetsuit and make my way to the lake. I'll save you the details of the number painting and race bag. At the lake, I was standing there on the beach, visualizing and focusing on the task ahead of me, when a man my age, who was standing beside me, started to talk to me. He was the same age as me, had a daughter my age, and was racing his first triathlon. Needless to say, we had so much in common, a conversation was easy. Anyways... All of a sudden, the start siren goes off. I'm starting to swim. Wassa is a warm lake, but wet suits are recommended, especially in June, I'm sure. This was my first swim in a wetsuit, and it devastated my swim. I literally was going to pull out of the race. I started off sw strong, but I felt like my arms weighed 50 pounds each. I had to alternate between swimming on my back to catch my breath, then rolling over to try to get into my stroke. I finished the 750-meter swim in a time of 25.30. Absolutely devastating. I walked or jogged up to the T1 area, where two ladies helped me strip my wetsuit in a designated area and proceeded to my bike. My transition was really good, and when I got to the mountain line, I jumped on, my left foot easily sliding into my shoe. When I went to put my right foot in, the shoe flipped over, caught the pavement, stopped me dead, and I embarrassingly fell over at the line. Yeah, I felt stupid. But years of hockey instilled a sense of co uh, competition in me that's second nature. So I got up, got settled in, and rode my butt off. I passed many riders and felt great. I finished the 20K bike with a time of 45.31. Ooh, that's better than your first one. T2 was also smooth, and then I finished my 5K run in 27.01. Excellent. My total time was 138.01, which placed me 153rd out of 265 sprint racers in the adults class. My swim crushed me, but that's the purpose of my first triathlons, to make mistakes and learn. And now I know I, what I need to improve this year. And this year I'm planning on doing at least one sprint, Olympic, half, and full Ironman distances. 
The biggest items I learned in regard to triathlons are these. The training and healthy lifestyle of triathlon is incredible and rewarding. I've never felt better in all my life. Two, the triathlon community is the best community I've ever met. And I played on so many different sports. I have nothing but admiration and respect for all triathletes. That extends to every single person listening to your podcast who are at various levels of ability. And three, the training for these events is just as rewarding as competing. I fell in love with cycling and swimming, two sports I never thought I'd do. In closing, through my adventures in triathlon, my wife is committed to training for and competing in at least one triathlon this 2012 season. We're going to sit down and look at our work schedules to figure out when and where we can compete this summer. We're going to buy a road bike, outfit it with uh, aero bars, and take turns at different races. That way, we can race individually but still be there to support each other. Lastly, my five-year-old daughter did her first triathlon on September 10th, 2011, and she wants to do what Dad does. Her race consisted of a 25-meter swim, a 1.2-kilometer bike, and a 0.5k run. She finished in a total time of 15.24, third overall in the girls under six, seventh place out of nine kids. She didn't understand she was supposed to beat the other kids and not just race with them, but she does now. She held up in the pool so as not to get too far ahead of the other kids. <laughs> That's funny. And she said she'll never race with training wheels again. So we're going to buy her a new bike this year that she can use for riding with my wife and I as well as to use in her tries. Barb, thanks for your great podcast. I have to drive three hours to Calgary every week week for work and three back at week's end. So listening to you and your husband makes a commute enjoyable. Then he gave me some links to the Elkford and Wassa tries. And I'm thinking, oh, he lives in Spar. I said he lives in Elkford, but he actually lives in Sparwood, which is very close. So that was super. I really appreciate that. Now, he sent me this by Facebook message. So, yeah, that's one way that you can keep in contact me. Um, I sometimes lose Facebook messages. So if you don't hear back from me right away, um, email me is definitely the best thing to do. But very exciting. You know, that was just so good to hear. And I think that'll really help anybody who's kind of thinking about maybe getting into triathlon. Your story will be good to inspire uh, a lot of other people. Uh, and I, what, I'm wondering what Ironman you're thinking about doing. You said you're going to do an Ironman this year. Like, have you signed up for, for uh, Can- Ironman Canada? Or you should probably consider coming to the Apple in August. That's always a great destination race if you don't live here. All right. Uh, we got an email from Reggie. Reggie said, Barb, great last podcast about uh, So You Want to Be a Triathlete Part 2. One thing I'd like to add is uh, a comment about clipless pedals. Um, you need to practice a lot before going out in them. And you have to initially have the least amount of tension on the pedals to start with. I toppled over. It all happened in slow motion. People around me must have thought I was drunk. (laughs) Clipless pedals are definitely the way to go. You're just way more efficient. And uh, there's a link here to a Joe Friel interview, and it's 17 minutes long. I haven't had time to watch it yet, but I'm going to. And I will put the link um, in the show notes so that other people can check it out. So thanks very much, Reggie. You've made a really good point. And I, I think I probably talked about that on other shows, but I definitely should have mentioned it when I was saying about trying clipless pedals in that last episode. It's super important. I had my 
you just there's a little some little adjustments you can make right on them if you don't know how to do it get somebody to do it for you at the bike shop and you just loosen them and loosen them so that you can unclip super easy and then practice 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 before you get out into traffic especially or also hills i fell going uphill because uh my i dropped my chain by mistake a chain came off and then i just fell over because i couldn't unclip fast enough so there you go um and got another i had asked uh john from phoenix uh i commented about him last week and asked him about how his uh um his training is going and he said it's going really well he's made up his own training plan after listening to me and having consulted john mora's triathlon workout planner and joe friel's triathletes training bible this week is my week three of Friel's Anatomical Adaptation Strength, strength Training Program. So, um, yeah, that's just a part of his strength program that uh, Joe Friel has. I uh, can see now how helpful the strength training is going to be, not only to be stronger at my next triathlon, but also to prevent injuries. However, it's quite a balancing act to get all the training in, but so far so good. Although it's a balance between 6 a.m. workouts quick noon workouts like yesterday's 45 minute swimming and evening workouts thanks again for the podcast good luck with your training so good some good points in there and uh, we wish you luck john and look forward to hearing how things go and he made a really good point there about uh, this the importance of doing strength training and we kind of feel like we don't have time and that's one of the reasons why i'm trying so hard right now to do it is uh, it, it it's particularly core strength because that is giving you the um, it's going to help you with your uh, technique in all three sports and very important in helping you to avoid getting injured you can be humming along there really well and thinking everything's fine and then all of a sudden get an injury so just you have to be really careful all the time and i can't i can't agree more than uh, the importance of strength training so i think that's all the emails i have right now god i hope i haven't forgotten anything or anybody i always seem to but um that's about it. I uh, want to give one last little... This is going to be a little bit of a spam, so if you want to go ahead and jump right to the end, feel free. I recently received a, a free copy, actually, of uh, Ad, um, Ben Greenfield's Try Ripped program. He just started this new thing, this Try Ripped program. And he gave me a copy to, copy to review and uh, allow, offered me a, an option to be an affiliate, which means that I have a link on my blog. And if anybody clicks on the link and goes through to to and actually purchases the program, then uh, that helps put a little money into the Kelowna Girl Media Empire, as Chad from Can Do Try likes to call it, and uh, which is would be kind of helpful right now because my hard drive is so full I need to get another backup hard drive or something I've got to figure that out because I got too much podcasting stuff on my computer as well as work stuff but anyways that's not the point the point is the tri ripped program I did take a look at it it's definitely a vanity program I mean it's all about looking good it's not necessarily going to help you become a better triathlete although Ben Greenfield is such an amazing kind of guy I mean I do think that the program probably works really well and I know a lot of people, if you're kind of into doing like P90X and all that sort of thing, um, you may might enjoy this program. It's just a different way to do it. I'm going to read a little bit what he has in here about when he describes it. 
How is Tri-Ripped any different than a popular fitness program like Jim Jones, CrossFit, P90X, Beachbody Insanity, and other trendy workouts? Um, the answer is simple. Those programs were designed for the general fitness enthusiast. Um, and these pro- the program that he's got here is written by a seasoned triathlete for triathletes. It starts with the pure premise that you are a triathlete. You will be swimming, cycling, and running in this program. And he's got a full eight-month training program on in the book. If you want to have a nice body, the program needs to combine triathlon training with a unique style of cross-training that can make you sexy as hell, so he says. So rather than fighting a program like CrossFit or Beachbody or anything else and trying to make it work, he's got it all laid out for you so you don't have to try and figure it out. Um, I haven't done it yet. I've looked at it uh, briefly. I see that it looks like there's quite a bit of materials here. There's like 290 pages in the book. And there's a couple other, like a training log and stuff. I only saw the digital copy of it. Um, I'm going to try some of his workouts, but um, I've sort of got things going for myself already that are working, and I don't want to try too much. But I think at some point I am going to play around with it and see. It's definitely, definitely not something for beginners. And it's, you know, I th- to me, I think you got to have, you know, the motivation to really want to do this, and this is really important to you on how you look. And, or it could be something that you're, um, you got the, you got extra money to burn because you know, this is like another program to buy, right? Aren't I a terrible salesperson? It does sound like it'd be cool for the right person, though. So if you click on over to my blog, on uh, January 15th, where I have a, tr- and just search Try Ripped, you'll see on the link. And if you actually click on the link from my blog rather than Googling him directly, that's the way that I can get my little mini kickback, whoop-de-doo. Um, yeah, so anyways, I'll probably put a little thing on the sidebar too and leave it there for a while that's all I'm going to say about that I'm not a salesperson I really don't believe in selling stuff but uh yeah what the heck I'm gonna give it a shot and I guess that's all I will say goodbye and uh talk to you in another few weeks um if you want to hear me chatting with Quadrathon Stuart from the Quadrathon podcast uh check out his podcast we've um we Skype every two weeks or so and talk about his training for Ironman, my training for a marathon. And you can also find me on Daily Mile and Facebook and Pinterest, which I'll throw that in there today. And uh, Twitter, you know it. This Google Kelowna girl with a U and you will find me all over the internet. All right. Take care and I will see you in a few weeks. And I'm going to close with a little mini podcast that Carlos the Jackal just sent me today of he and his blind friend Graham running together. And uh, yeah, he's kind of doing a little bit of podcasting, so uh, I'll finish up with him. Thanks a lot, and I'll see you next week. Yes, and, and yeah. then how far do you want to run today? Well, not too far, because I'll see how I am, Carlos. I was tired yesterday. But well, I you gave blood a yeah, few days ago. Yeah, on Wednesday. Okay. And... Uh, so hemoglobin, was, hemoglobin was really good, 148. Yeah. It took me five minutes to give a pint. Wow. Well, actually it's just gushing out of you. I have 65. It's, I've got some beer stashed away outside, it, it cooling off for tonight. Oh, Six. Good for you. Some of your new stuff. My new stuff, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Awesome. it's still not perfectly bright. It hasn't settled completely, but uh, it's quite it's a okay. quite a pleasant brew, good. I must admit. I'm looking forward to that. You've done it before, this one? Uh, I've done it many times. I just varied the recipe by one ingredient this time. Really?
I bought a different kind of malt. The grain that I use is slightly lighter. Yeah, I was getting tired of everything being amber, 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 amber. What's wrong with yellow? You know, I'd like yellow beer too. Ah, be yeah, 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 yeah. You went there before, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Well, they brew their own. Cars. They do? Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a brew pub, and they have their own. Do they brew it on the premises? I don't know, actually. I don't know. Oh, it's quite good. And I said, well, maybe they're more sort of sociable and less sort of gourmet. They might be oh, appealing no, might, to a different market. It's very, very popular. Well, that's good. I'm glad they're doing oh, yeah. well. The food's not bad. It's just basic. Well, well that's what she's thinking. Is if it's just basic food. No, it's a bit different. You know. What is it like? Uh, White Spot or J.J. Uh, Morgan's or uh, Yeah, it's a bit Maud like, Hunters. It's a bit like uh, yeah, Maud Hunters. Like Maud Hunters. Do they Same have French well, fries? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Have that kind of thing. And burgers, they have and a grill. Have, but they have a little bit of a, no, and they do a dinner as well, which is kind of quite nice. They had uh, roast beef Yorkshire pudding yeah. on the Friday night, which was like 19 bucks. But the selection of beer is good. You know what's wrong with it? What? It's noisy. Because they're building them all now without carpets, right? Oh, to make them sort of more uh, oh, earthy, do this, you know, like a know. pub. Well, yeah. oh, we got a bit of heat coming through now. Finally, yeah. <laughs> anyway, you'll be glad to know there is no more snow. Awesome. Yeah. It's clear. To me. I, I was going through all the scenarios. If the snow got any heavier, yeah, well, I thought, well, I better stop and put my glasses on because yeah. the ice crystals were hurting yeah. my face. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> Because yeah, you're going to speed into it. Yes. So you're hitting it, hitting the ice at full pelt. So I had to slow down, and I ended up in the cycle lane because I was going so slowly to let the cars go by. Yep. I stopped, yep. put on my glasses, and they protected my eyes from the uh, ice. I have two glasses that I wear, reading glasses and driving glasses. And sometimes I have sunglasses too in the afternoon if it's really bright. Okay, so we're the last car of three. Really? And it's bang on three o'clock now. Perfect. No, she's not coming. I've just no, got my foot up on the back bumper. I'm doing up my laces because riding the scooter, I had over trousers over my shorts. So I had to take the long pants off so I didn't do up my laces. And uh, here's the step up. Not quite. Let's just get uh, get by. Across this road. Yeah, we're up. More snow, is eh? Yeah. Well, if the site, if the pavement cools down anymore, this will be slick. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Tomorrow morning, this will all be oh. ice. I'm not driving anywhere tomorrow. No. So this is Swan Lake yep. on the right. I had a, a review of uh, the Iron Lady. Oh, right. The, the Meryl Streep movie about Margaret Thatcher. 
Yeah, they said on TV. Yeah, it's all. It was very good. Yep, yep, she said. The movie's a bit like. Yeah. The movie wasn't quite up to her acting abilities. Well, she was a pretty non charismatic person. You'd like your leaders to be charismatic, but she was not. She wasn't. She was an ugly woman. Damn it. No two ways about it. And her husband, what was his name? Dennis. 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 And her dad was a shopkeeper. Right. That's right. Green Groves. Yeah. I always remember that expression where they said England was a nation of shopkeepers. That's right. Yeah, well, she was oh, the epitome. Napoleon. Napoleon said that. Yep. <laughs> Gee. Okay, now we're in the groove, man. Well, we're just chugging away. I'm puffing. Oh, you're fine. Not too bad. You got plenty of, of go in you. The cold wind will invigorate us. It does. Think of the rugby fields of England. That's it. Yeah, out in shorts. Yeah. Pouring rain. Did you ever play rugby as a blind no. kid? Soccer, we just played. Soccer? How well, do you know where the ball was? How do you know where the ball was? Oh, they put ball bearings. Yeah, it was rough all day. You can oh, hear yeah. it. Oh, yeah. But quite a few had retinal problems, so they couldn't do really real rugby. No. Because of the eyes. And the other thing is that uh, the way kids play soccer, you just get a swarm around right. the ball. Yep. That's how they play. If you look at a game of yep. soccer with kids from the air, yep. you just see a swarm of kids following the ball <laughs> like an amoeba. Right. That's yeah. right. There's no tactics involved. What we're running is just about due south into right. the wind. Can we just cross the bridge? Yeah. Maybe turn like. What do you mean the trestle? Oh yeah. Okay, not this bridge. No, no. I was going to bring my GPS, but this course is so easy to measure. Oh yeah. I can use my mapping tool on the computer. of the Red Lion. Gonna try and uh, control your breathing. Yep. We just passed the three. Right. 
the tour is on the bridge, then we turn. Yep. Okay, we're on the bridge. But down there, he drinks some form of sports drink. Does he? I think it's Gatorade or Powerade or something. Hi there. Hello. I know that woman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Going around the traffic island. I felt it yesterday. Oh. So. This we is much warmer this way. It is. That's bad. We're moving at the... It's a combination of the cold yeah. and the low, low hemoglobin. And you say six, 620 mils. And a lot of... A lot of blood. Half hemoglobin. That's an armful. It is. That's right. <laughs> Remember. Up we go. That's an armful. Oh my God, it's very nearly an armful. What was that, Tony Hancock? Oh, yeah. The blood donor was funny. The blood donor. Right. Just a, a little prick. There you go. I'll take a sample. Tony. Take some sample. He says, right, I'll go for my coffee now. <laughs> what do you mean? Where are you going? I'm going for my tea and cakes. Well, if you can give me a... I'm just giving Bottom. it. Bottom. What do you mean? That's just a smear. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe just a smear to you, mate. That hurt. Yeah. Oh, God, it was like life and death. No, we want to paint. A paint? It's <laughs> an armful. Oh, very nearly an armful. Wasn't that funny? Yeah. It was a good show. The sun must set to rise.
just can't live 